welcome to episode seven. We're talking about conversation tips and techniques with women. It's myself here, Adam, aka Texting Prince, and Zardanya. And we're going to go into conversation tips or techniques that help you converse with women to help things go more smoothly on your first date or just conversations in general with women, things that you can do to have a little uh, card in your back pocket so that you don't have to get so nervous on your first dates or when you're about to hang out with a woman one-on-one. You bring the crowns and heads of conquered kings to my city steps. You insult my queen. You threaten my people with slavery and death. So one thing that I want to start with, and I think this is an absolute staple, is about having women talk more. So one of my main techniques I always talk about is the 80-20 rule, the Pareto principle in conversations with women. And what I try to do is I try to talk 20% of the time or less with women, and I want her to talk 80% of the time or more. There are a lot of reasons for this. One big reason is everybody knows how to talk about themselves. So it'll be easy to get a woman flowing with conversation. Plus, if you look around and watch women, just watch them as they're talking in groups. Women love to talk. They can talk all day long. So the more that you can get a woman talking, the more topics will pop up that you can then lead into. And also, the woman will leave the date feeling understood she'll feel seen she'll feel listened to which is something that a lot of women don't get on dates these days anymore czar you want to elaborate on that one yes so during the date anytime i'm out with a girl you always want to hear this from a girl this should be music to your ears so enough about me let's talk about you i feel like i'm the only one talking You want a girl to say that, but the trick is answer one or two of her questions, keep it vague, and then quickly go back to her. Okay. Give her like one or two sentences, short answers, and then quickly reverse it back on her. If you can do that in a smooth way, that's what I like to do. So she's the one that is still talking, not me, right? She might think, oh, he finally talked, but. 80-20, right? I must have said 20% compared to her 80%, which is what I want to keep it at. You want to remain a mystery, okay? That's more, that's very advanced. If you guys know how to reverse the conversation back on a woman in a smooth way, you're doing something right. You don't want to make it too obvious. So she'll ask you some basic question, answer it vaguely, and then ask her the question okay back on her 
and get her to keep talking. So that's a technique I like using a lot on women. They don't even see it coming. You're almost like a stealth bomber when you do this. Yeah, and, and it will sound to you guys, especially if you haven't done this much, you haven't read a lot of sales books or stuff like this, it'll seem to you like, oh, she'll just wonder, you know, she'll go, why is he playing games? Why is he? It's like, but when you really think about it in conversations, the more you can get the other person talking, they enjoy that. Everybody knows how to talk about themselves. Everybody likes to talk about themselves. Everybody likes to have a listening ear. So it's way more stealthy than you can actually think. And again, most women on most dates, right? The biggest complaint I get from women is guys talk all day long. They talk about themselves. They talk about their job. They talk about their workout routine. Women want to talk. They like to talk. So the better you can get about answering short and then putting it back on them and the more natural you get about this, it can become very fluent for you. It's like, you know, if I ask Zara a question and he answers whatever, and then he asks me that question back in my mind, I'm already thinking about the things that he answered. I'm doing a short answer and I'm immediately trying to put it right back on Zara. Oh, wait, tell me about that. You just told me that you enjoy this and that and that. So tell me more. And I'm putting it right back on him. And again, most people aren't used to this. This is what constitutes a great conversationalist. So the better you get about this, I promise you, it won't be seen as a game to her. It'll be seen as you're a great listener. You're a great conversationalist because you're able to put the conversation back on her, back on him, whoever you're in the conversation with. And then you're really good at listening and then listening with curiosity, really thinking about mm, what am I going to learn from this person? What am I going to leave home with today that I didn't know about this person yesterday? If you can get your mind in a very curious aspect, then this will go great for both you and her and it will come off as very, very natural to both yourself and her as well. Yeah, so I'll give you a great example, right? And number one, let me start with this. Men have the issue of not being great listeners. Women complain about this all the time. They're thinking about getting the woman's pants or what they're going to say next. Fellas, live in the moment. You know what? Engage with her. You don't You don't always have to say something because nonverbal communication is over 70% of the communication we exhibit as humans. She knows if you're listening, you're paying attention by the way you're looking at her, by the way you're leaning in. If she says something interesting, you're giving her your 100%. That's what we want you guys to do. You have to be a good listener. Now, back to the example. So a girl might ask me, oh, where are you from? What country were you born in? I'll tell her, oh, I was born in Russia. I moved here when I was about two years old. I could still speak Russian, but... I don't have the Russian accent with me because I learned English very quickly. But what about you? What did you like so much about Colombia? Right? What was so fascinating about it? what's your favorite what's your favorite part of uh Colombia to visit? Which one what, what what's your favorite spot in wherever she's from, right? Colombia, Peru, just naming South American countries right now. But you want to pin the conversation back on her. I answered the question briefly. Now back to you. What are the beaches like in Brazil? I want to hear about it. Oh, I always wanted to visit Brazil. Man, tell me what it's like over there. 
right? So you do a full 360 right back on her, full 180, I mean, right back on the girl. For example, people ask me because I'm from, I live in Washington State, but I'm a Minnesota Twins fan for baseball. I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan for football. So people might ask me like, oh, weird. Why are you a Vikings fan? I answer very short. I say, oh, yeah, both my parents were born in Minnesota. I grew up with all my cousins being, you know, Vikings fans and Twins fan. So that's how I became a Vikings or Twins fan. But then immediately I put it back on them. and I'm like, so wait, are you a Seahawks fan? Are you a Mariners fan? And again, right, even though I answer very short, I'm putting it right back on her and it will flow very naturally when you do that. And then you can get curious about that. And then the more things that she reveals just out of those little things of putting it back on, the more ammo you have to ask her about later in the conversation. So a really big point of this is to stay in the moment, like Zar said, right? Having the the list of 10 topics to talk you know, about women. Great. Have that in the back of your mind. Fine. But don't be a Rolodex coming with all these robotic questions. Try to stay in the moment and dig deeper. Try to find an area of information and dig deeper. See how much you can squeeze out of that like a sponge until that that topic runs dry. The more you can squeeze out, the more that will pop out that you can lead back into later. So you don't have to have 10 10 conversation topics, you know, on your iPhone about what to ask your next. You don't have to have all this list of all these great stories that are going to make you look all cool and all that. It's like a woman really won't care about that with you on when you're on her date. She cares about herself. She cares about her experiences, her emotional experiences. So the better you can get about pinning that back on her, you're going to find a topic that eventually makes her light up and get really excited about, get very passionate about. And then that's something that you're going to want to pin down and really dig deeper, really peel back the onion layers and try to get all of it out of her that you can in that conversation. Yes. So it will take you guys some time to master that, but I don't want you going in there with a list and a checklist of things of what you're going to talk about next. You have to make it a smooth transition. Everything has to be smooth with you so it doesn't seem like it's contrived. And this will happen to you guys when you go out on a date. I'm going to teach you how to effectively handle this. You're going to deal with the awkward silence. I deal with it. The texting prince has has dealt with it. We're all going to still deal with it. It's not going anywhere. What I used to do in my beta days, when I would feel that awkward silence, I would quickly try to reignite the conversation. I wanted to impress her. I wanted to suck her back in into my world. I wanted to say something. But in the process of doing that, you look very needy. You look very timid. You're apprehensive. And you're trying to seek her approval. What works best If you feel that awkward silence, if you are at the bar, say you're drinking something, you have a drink in your hand, could be a Coke, an alcoholic beverage, whatever, I want you to look away from her and have her reignite the conversation. Have her try to suck you back in to her her world. You don't do it. She has to seek your approval. 
that is so much more powerful. Her attraction will raise for you fellas. If you just ignore that awkward silence, you don't even care. You don't say anything. Your gaze could be at the TV to your left, even looking away from her. This works fucking wonders. Now, all of a sudden, they're seeking your approval. They want to try to suck you back into their world, into the conversation. They're basically saying, hey, look, look, I'm over here. And the last time this happened to me, the girl told me that she wasn't wearing any panties. That's how she tried to reel me back in. It was incredible because I wanted to try it for the first time. I say, you know what, fucking, I'm not even going to say anything. I'm going to look away, ignore her, let her try to break that awkward silence. And she broke it by saying, I'm not wearing any panties. And usually when a girl says she's not wearing any panties, that means easy access. And it was easy access that night. If a girl says that, you can't fuck it up, fellas. The less you say, the better. So I was using that 20-80 rule. She was talking 80% the entire time. I kept my mouth shut because I already knew I have this in the bag. Masculine frame, masculine energy, and I slept with her that night. Yeah, yeah. I even put as a specific thing on here, the awkward pause or the awkward silence because that was something back in my early days that I would fear. I would fear, okay, if an awkward silence comes up and I would think about oh, what are these, what are all these topics I can bring up to keep the conversation going. And now what I teach men is that if that awkward silence comes up, I teach men to sit back comfortably in their chair, lean back like you're comfortable and count to 10, 1000 in your mind. One, 1000, two, 1000, three, 1000. Because again, what I used to do is I used to fumble. I used to think that that was on me. I got to make some conversation happen, all that. And now what I do, and I've done this for years now, and what I teach men to do is count for that 10 seconds and then have a sly little smile on your face. Because what I'll do now is if the awkward silence ever comes up, I'll sit back and I'll count that 10, 1000, and I'll have a little smile on my face. And the girl will be like, what? What are you smiling about? And I'll be like, man, that was over 10 seconds of awkward silence. How are you going to pull out us out of this? How are you going to get us out of this? This is kind of awkward now. And I say it just like that. And I smile and I put it on her. And before I took the burden of that, I used to go, oh, that's all my fault. I got to do all this. But again, the better you get about putting conversations back on women, the more she's talking, the more that that burden will fall on her. So I just say, sit back, take a deep breath, count to 10, and then smile about it and be like, wow, you let our first date have a 10-second awkward pause? How are you going to bring us back? How are you going to reel me back in? And I get it that that sounds kind of crazy for a lot of guys to say, but I'll say it just like that. And I'll smile at her and I'll be like, all right, what conversation topics do you have? What ice, What icebreakers do you have for me? And I'll say it just like that. And the girl will laugh and then she'll kind of fumble around and then she'll reach for something like, oh, I don't know. Uh, what are your hobbies or whatever? But again, when we as men think that that's all our burden, it becomes nerve wracking for us. But when you hear us, you know, you just heard Zara said it, you hear me say it, guys, you don't have that burden is not on you. Laugh about it. Think about it. Sit comfortably, smile and then put it right on the girl. It could take. Five seconds. It could take 10 seconds, fellas. It could take a minute, two minutes. 
Do not break that awkward silence. Remain confident. Remain comfortable. Like Texting Prince said, lean back in your chair. You are the prize. She's there to impress you. You're not there to seek her approval by acting all needy, goofy, and nervous by trying to break that awkward silence. Relax, guys. She will do it. If she is attracted to you, she will break that awkward silence. Even if she isn't attracted to you right then and there, just by the way you handle that awkward silence will raise her attraction for you. That's how powerful it is. You're basically saying, nah, you don't impress me, sweetie. You better come up with something quick to suck me right back into this conversation. Because I can sit here all day quiet. I'm not going to do it. So give her that sly smile. Don't say anything. Have her break it for you. That's how you guys handle that. It works like a charm. A lot of women will hate this. They commented a lot of hateful things when I made videos about this, trying to teach men. But once again, we don't care what the women say. We only care what they respond to. And this has been tested and proved. Yeah, and sure, I'll give you guys something to get out of that. If it does become awkward, you put it on her and she can't think of anything. Maybe you're dealing with a really shy girl, right? Most women are good at talking. They know how to talk. So you won't run to this often. But if you do and you're sitting there and you're smiling at her, then what? something I always have in my back pocket is I'll even say something like this. All right, I'll throw you a bone. Look at them over there and I'll point out some other couple or some other, maybe it's a first date in the bar that we're at or the, you know, whatever social gathering we're at when we're on that date. And I'll say, okay, I'll bail you out here. Tell me a story about them too. And I'll just kind of point, right? I'll kind of like very subtly point over there. She'll turn her head normally and look. And I'll be like, whoa, 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 don't, don't look. That's going to be awkward. Don't look at them. But just take a quick glance. Now tell me a story about them too. What do you think? Is it their first date? You think they've been together for a while? And right, so that's a way that you can bail yourself out of that situation. But again, wait at least that 10 long seconds, pin it on her. If she can't and she gets all nervous or whatever, then you have a way to bail you out. But now when you can point it to an interaction that's going on, in the bar you're at or in the little, you know, in the restaurant you're at, you go, okay, tell me about them too. Do you think they're on a first date? Do you think they've been dating for a while and they're just not feeling each other anymore? You can talk about that when you talk about things in the environment. The cool thing about that is she can make it up. It's a story, right? She doesn't know these people just like you don't. But what kind of happens is you become a me and you versus the world in that sense, right? Because you're on a team now. You're going, what do you think about them two? And it's you guys versus the world. You're you're looking out in the direction of the environment. And now you're you're creating a story together about what might be going on. But again, don't rush to that. Take your time, chill out. And then if it gets really, really awkward and she can't handle that yet, yeah, every once in a while, you meet a really, really shy, introverted girl that can't hold conversations on her own. But now you have something in your back pocket and you throw her a bone. And now you guys are playing a little storytelling. Let her go back to her doll days where she's playing with Barbies and she's making up a whole scenario on her own 
but now it's you and her. And then you can tease her about that. You'd be like, eh, you're like, she might say, oh yeah, they've been together for whatever. And then you can tease her. It's like, I don't know. That guy looks a little awkward. They, they're, they're fumbling on their phone. I don't know. That might be a first date. You can tease her about that, but now you're creating a story together with her about the environment. Another great conversation topic. Women love traveling. We all know this. So you can either ask them what nationality they are, what country could they, ha- could they have been born in, their family, wherever, the origins of their family. You can ask them, have you ever been to that country? What's it like? What are some amazing places that I would want to visit if I went there? If she wasn't born in another country, do you like to travel? A lot of women like to travel. What's your favorite country you've been to? They'll always tell you, fellas. If not, ask them if you could go to any country in the world, if you could visit any place in the world, which place would you visit and why? That right there could be a 10, 15 minute conversation. If she talks to you about the beaches at a certain place, now I have fishing hooks. Oh, beaches, do you like surfing? What is it about the water that you enjoy? Is it peaceful? Is it calming? Is it a uh, calming? Are you a Pisces? So you, there's so many different routes you can go just based off her answer of letting you know she loves the beach. She loves the water. What is, what is it about the water? Could you imagine me and you lying late at night listening to the waves of the ocean? Now she's visualizing you two together, which is very powerful. We know the, the female's mind is very powerful, especially their imagination. Make them use it. I had a girl that said she wanted to go visit the pyramids, which was always one of my favorite places to go visit when I was a little kid. And I told her, wow, imagine me and you laying there late at night, looking up at the stars right next to the pyramids. Instantly, boom, she imagined me and her laying next to one another late at night, looking up at the stars. It's very powerful, fellas. If you can somehow use a woman's imagination and have her fantasizing about you two at a certain location, very, very powerful. And even on top of that, too, I like to, you know, even go further on that and say, you know, if she says, oh, you know, I've been to Hawaii or I'd really like to be to go to Hawaii or I'd like to go to Paris, something like that. I even like to spin it back on them and use that same imagination and say, oh, really? So Paris, is that where you're going to take me to on our honeymoon? And I say it like that. Is that where you're going to take me to? It's like, oh, is that where you're going to take me to on your, you know, uh, oh, Hawaii? Is that where you, you're you going to fly me to on her honeymoon? And I say it like that again, right? It's it's reversing the roles, right? Where most guys are like, oh, I'll fly you to Hawaii. I always say that back on them. And then they'll laugh about it and they'll be like, well, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. But again, the more you can get out of her, the more you can get that intrigues her curiosity that's the more, like Zara said, the fish hooks that you'll have that you can bring back up later in conversations. And again, I like to reverse the roles. Oh, so you're gonna take me there? Hmm. Okay. Well, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not much of a beach guy, but you're gonna have to convince me that that's where. I, even though I am a beach guy, I do love the sun and all that. But you can play around with it a million different ways. Like if she says she really wants to go to Alaska, right? Oh, I'm not much of a snow guy. So you're gonna have to convince me what about that would make, you know, me want to come with you when you take us on our honeymoon to Alaska. 
stuff like that. It's playful. It's fun. And again, you're putting it back on her. And now she's trying to convince you about why this place is great. She's going to talk about the animals there or the scenery. And then boom, she talks a bunch about animals in Alaska. Now you know that she has a little soft spot for animals. So that's another hook that you can lead back into later in the conversations. A simple one of like, oh, you love animals, huh? So what's your favorite animal? Top three favorite animals and why? And then she's answering to you and you're judging her. Ooh, that one. Oh, a whale. Every girl's favorite animal is a whale. Come on, you're going to have to do better than that. Give me a different one. But there's a million ways you can do about this. But again, that key focus, 80-20. You're talking 20%. She's talking 80%. But you're doing your job of staying curious, staying in the moment, and trying to figure out what about what about our conversation is getting her to bite what is it in the conversation that she jumps into her eyes light up and you go oh that's a that's something that she's passionate about that's what you want to hammer in you want to find a girl's passion see what she really lights up about she can talk about a lot and then that's going to be the thing that you can always bring it back to and get her talking more. And then you're just sitting there having fun, being curious. What can I learn from this girl? Right. Think about that. What can I learn? What can I learn about this girl? What does she like to do? What lights her up? And if you keep that in your back of your mind, it'll be, you know, kind of a scavenger hunt for you. You can stay in the moment, figuring out what is it that lights her up and then hammer that home. Ask more about that. Ask, you know, deeper questions about that topic. And then the girl will find a topic that she loves to talk about and she can talk about it for hours. Yeah. So I'm going to go even further with that one. This is one of my favorite psych psychology questions to ask a woman when I'm out on a date with her. If you could be any animal in the world, what would you be? And they usually think hard about this. But there's a reason why I ask this, because you can cold read a girl based off of the animal that she says. So say if a girl says a shark, right? You can cold read her and say, wow, so you must be very misunderstood. A lot of people don't seem to understand you. They have this view about you, but it's totally different. It's the opposite. Now she's like, oh, my God, how did he know? So you have to be very smart when you do this. Women that pick a wild cat. Any woman that picks a wild cat, if they could be any animal in the world, let's say a leopard, tiger, lioness. Those women are hellcats in bed. They're very fun to sleep with. But you could also cold read them and say, oh, you're the type that always lands on your feet. No matter what happens, you always land on your feet. You know how to get out of a certain situation. Um, people love you for your beauty, but there's more, more that more than meets the eye. You're not just a beautiful girl. There's more to you. So you could be very creative with this. Okay. And cold read them and break it down for them. You have to be a very good bullshitter, but at the same time, you have to really understand psychology. If a girl ever says she would be a dolphin right there, we all know that dolphins are the only other animals in the world that have sex for pleasure aside from humans. Those girls that say and, dolphins, and bonobo monkeys and bonobo monkeys and monkeys. But usually when a girl <laughs> usually when a girl says a dolphin, right, they're very promiscuous. Girls that pick a dolphin, they're very promiscuous. Dolphins are also what? Very intelligent, very friendly, outgoing. 
So those are the girls that usually have a high body count. Yeah. And actually one of my favorite animals is the dolphins, right? Right. Actually back here, those of you listening on the podcast can't see this, but on video, I got right above my little, you know, uh, Prince toad there. There's a, a Vikings player riding a dolphin. Cause a girl knew that that was one of my favorite animals. Dolphins are right. Dolphins are playful. They're fun. So those are things that you can kind of lean into, right? You don't have mm -hmm. to be correct about it, but you can just say, oh, dolphins. Yeah, they're playful and fun. Is that what you relate to? Or what is it about dolphins that you like? And try again, try to peel back those onion layers and get deeper. That is so much better. Like Zara said, if you could be any animal, what would you be and why? Versus what's your favorite animal? What's your favorite animal is a fun one. I like to use that with girls, but even... If you could be any an animal, what would you be and why? Because that's a question that most women haven't been asked before. So even if you're wrong on your cold reading, it can go a lot of different ways. You could even go, oh, because you're playful and fun. And she might go, well, no, it's not that. It's because blah, blah, blah. And then she'll tell you more about what why it is. And now you have more ammo to work with. So that's a great lead-in question of something that you can kind of tell a lot about a person just by what animal they would choose. Maybe she chooses a bird and it's because she wants freedom, right? She wants to be able to fly away and be free, right? You can be wrong about your cold read, but even if you're wrong about it and you say that in an assertive way, she can be like, well, no, it's not that. It's because, and it's like, well, yeah, tell me why then. It's not because you don't want to fly. You don't want freedom. What is it then? And then you give her all these opportunities to reveal more about her personality that again, she's not going to reveal to most people on most dates because most people are going to talk about the boring stuff. Yeah, so majority of women, they'll either pick some wild cat, they'll pick a dolphin or a bird. I noticed there's a trend. So if you can break down those characteristics that those specific animals have and pass that on to who you think she is as a person based off of the animal she picked, she's going to fall in love with you guys. You're almost going to be like a psychic to her. But then do a follow-up on that question. After you ask her, if you could be any animal in the world, what would you be? After she answers that, you break it down for her. You cold read it. Follow up with that question and ask her, now, if you could marry any other animal in the world, what would it be? Now, the animal that she chooses to marry, 99% of the times, those are the characteristics that she wants a man to have. So many women will pick a lion because they want him to be bold, fearless, to have strength. So you know, okay, I got to have those characteristics now. So it's a it's a tricky game, but it works. If you know what to look out for, you love psychology, and women eat psychology like it's catnip. They love it. So if you can incorporate that and be smart and intelligent about it, it also shows her you're intellectual, you're intelligent, you're different from all the other guys. I use this when I'm out on a date with every girl. I want you guys to start using it, practice with it. Make sure you actually know certain characteristics about what animal they might pick. You have to be quick on your feet, fellas. Be smart. And then another thing to keep in your back of your mind, right? When I say 80-20 and you want her to be talking 80% of the time, it doesn't mean you want to machine gun question her. It doesn't mean you want the 20 questions that you can just ask her right away. Oh, what do you do for work? And she answers. And then you immediately go, oh, what's your favorite color? And have all these things. It's like, it's 
better to have less questions but go more in depth and you can stop her. It's okay to be confused. Be like, oh, interesting. Why? Why is that something that you're interested in? What excites you about that? How did you get into that? You know, the question of, you know, what do you do for work? Maybe that comes up on a date and she asks you and you, you know, like we mentioned before, you're trying to reveal less about yourself. You know, back when I was a teacher, she goes, oh, you, what do you do for work? Whatever. Oh, I'm a teacher. And I go, hey, what about you? And, you know, I had a girl that was like, um, she worked with airplanes and she said something about airplanes. Like she worked in the, I don't even remember what it was. It was she worked on the, the seats and the whatever inside an airplane. But what I do then is I get genuinely curious and I go, okay, okay, hold on. I know nothing about airplanes. I go, tell me like I'm a second grader, what exactly your job is. What does it do? If you were presenting this in front of a second grade class, how would you explain that to them? Because a million girls have been asked, what do you do for work? But when you can even follow that up with, all right, explain it like I'm a second grader. I'm not really sure what that means. If you can snap her out of that autopilot answer, most people have the autopilot answer they can give someone, right? If a girl asks you what you do for work, most guys are like, oh, I'm a blah, blah, blah. Here it goes, whatever. But that's an autopilot answer. You want to get a girl from autopilot back into the moment. So if a girl ever answers something and you're a little bit unsure, or even if you kind of know what she's going with, you can still go, okay, hold up, hold up. I know nothing about that. Describe it to me like I'm a second grader. Describe it to me like I'm an eight-year-old. How would you explain this? And just that right there, that reframing of the question, even though she's been asked it a million times, if she now has to break it down like you're a second grader, or an eight, you know, an eight-year-old, she's gonna have to think back and and remove all of her past experiences from her past dates and go, oh, how would I how would I teach that to an eight-year-old? How would I teach that to a second grader? And boom, the moment you can get a girl from going from autopilot to back in the moment, now she's getting emotionally engaged. She's getting She's taking part in the conversation. She has commitment to this conversation. So there's a million ways that you can ask the same question that most guys do. But when you even ask her to elaborate, okay, hold on. Tell me like I'm a second grader. That's a great way that she'll have to fumble and think about it. She go, oh, hold on. I got to think about that for a moment. And then you can sit back, relax, drink your beer while she's trying to figure out how she can formulate formulate that in a way that she's never been asked before. And again, right there, you're standing out from 95% of the men that just listen to what she says, but they're not even caring. They're just ready to answer, you know, answer back with their own hobby or job that they're into, or they're ready to move on to the next topic. It's like, no, stop her in her tracks, make her think a little bit about it. And that will be fun for a girl because it's different. You're standing out now from the millions of dates that she's been on in her life. Yeah, women, people love talking about themselves, not just women. People love talking about themselves. If you can make them talk about themselves throughout the entire date and you barely say anything, you already won most of the battle, fellas. A lot of guys, they don't shut up. They talk themselves out of the vagina. 
because they don't let the woman talk. They say something stupid. They're acting goofy. They're acting nervous, timid. They're telling these weird, creepy stories. They're giving off this creepy vibe as well. Just shut up and just listen to the girl, fellas. Okay. Another great conversation topic, her tattoos. If she has any tattoos, ask her about them. The meaning behind it. Why she got it. You can even tease her a little bit. Ask her when she got it. A lot of women have stories. Oh, I was drunk one night. One night I was on the boardwalk, decided to get a tattoo. We regret it. You could tease her and go like, oh, so when are you going to get my initials with a heart next to it? Boom. I love that. That's a right? great Be playful teaser. Yeah. You know, and then pick a spot for her. I'm thinking like on your forehead, right? Or on your foot. Tease her, guys. Be playful. But use that line as well. Women love talking about their tattoos. If she doesn't have any tattoos, you can pick a specific jewelry. She's wearing a ring outfit scarf whatever it is okay bring it up something that you might think has sentimental value to her and they will talk about that as well yeah and another one you can always lean back on is talking about her family dynamics is she an only child does she have other siblings if she has other siblings all right how do you guys interact are you guys still close you know who gets along better do you get along with your older sibling better than your middle sibling? And again, the more that you're able to put it on her, she'll have stuff to answer. Maybe she's an only child, right? Then you go, okay, well, how was that growing up? I had, I had two older brothers, so I'm not really used to that. What's it like growing up as a single child? Was that hard? Did you have to play by yourself a lot? Yes. And I remember we did this on another podcast. You actually mentioned this texting Prince. Ask her about the dynamics of her parents. Like who who wears the pants, right? Is it your dad or is it your mom? And you know, if she says her mom wears the pants, you have to be that masculine figure she never had in her life. You have to lead the way for her. She will adore you. Never be scared to throw that in there. Ask it in a nonchalant way. You're not being serious about it. Be playful. And that will also work wonders. That's going to give you little clues as to what kind of a man she wants, what kind of a man has she been yearning for, especially if her mom's the one that wears the pants in the relationship or she never had a strong father figure. Don't be scared to ask her these questions. You can also ask her about her past relationships. If she takes accountability for what happened or if she blames every single breakup on the boyfriend, on the ex, she'll never take accountability, fellas. So you can also lean into those specific topics later on during uh later on in the night of the date yeah and this actually is a good a point to bring up um some topics that i tell guys to stay away from on first dates ex-boyfriends or ex-girlfriends you don't want her what i used to do I'll, I'll tell you guys what i used to do what i used to do back in my beta days was I would want to actually pry and, and figure out about her ex-boyfriend. I want to figure out about why her relationship ended. But and then what I would do is I'd sit there and I'd in my you know mind I'd make notes, oh whatever she says about her ex-boyfriend, I'm gonna do the opposite. Right. I was seeking her validation. I was seeking her approval. But what you're doing is you're getting her in the mode of thinking about her ex-boyfriend on the date with you. So that's something that I would never bring up nowadays and if she brings up your ex relationships always keep it positive 
if a girl brings up about your ex-girlfriend or your ex-relationships and why it ended, right? I'm always going to try to put it short and put it back on her, but always try to put a positive spin on anything. Even if this girl was a nightmare and she cheated on you a hundred times, do not bring up that dirty laundry because if a girl brings up your ex-girlfriend, now her mind is focusing on, okay, if I were to ever date this guy, how would he potentially talk about me to other people? So I always say, keep it positive. There might be a million things wrong with your ex-girlfriend, but if she brings it up, you can say something positive about it. Yeah, you know, I was really close close with her family. I really liked her family. And then I, I put a positive spin on it. We didn't see eye to eye on certain things, but I really wish her the best. I hope she has a, you know, I, I hope she's doing well now, but I always keep it positive because you want, because a girl's going to, again, like we said earlier, she's going to fantasize in a sense about you and her. So if you're talking negative about your ex, you're talking a negative and bring up all these negative things. She's now thinking, if we ever got in a relationship, how's he going to talk about me with other people? So no matter what happened in your ex, your ex relationships, keep it short, keep it sweet as in focus on the positives. You can say, we didn't see eye to eye. We grew apart, but it was a learning moment. And if she's talking about her exes, you want to shift that conversation away so she's not sitting there on a date with you, but in her mind, playing back all these memories she had with her ex-boyfriend. Number one, don't ever be a woman's therapist or her her emotional tampon. You're not going to sit there and listen to her talk about her ex-boyfriend. You have to change topics or you can take the approach I like to take and tell her, listen, we're not even talking about that because quite frankly, I don't give a fuck about your ex. Right. You could take that approach or just quickly shift topics, whichever route works for you. Everyone's different. Now, you never want to talk shit about your ex-girlfriends, your ex-wife. You never want to defame anyone's character because now she knows you're going to talk shit about her. If anything happens, a woman's reputation is very important. Like texting Prince said, hey, listen, we just grew apart. My ambition got in the way. I didn't think it'd be fair for her. So I didn't want a relationship anymore. It wasn't even. Say something. Just don't ever talk negative about your past relationships or your exes. Another great conversation topic. Ask them if they've ever had some paranormal event. Ask them if they've ever had anything supernatural happen to them. A lot of women have seen ghosts have had certain events happen to them that no one else believes. Maybe they have an interesting story they can tell you. Ask them about that, okay? Maybe you have one too, if you're a good storyteller. Maybe you had some super paranormal, supernatural experience happen to you, some paranormal event, sleep paralysis, what you saw. Whatever it is, fellas. But women like the spooky stuff. They love the mystery. And another one too, when we talk about, you know, like what are your hobbies? What do you like to do for fun? Another way you can phrase that is just say, hey, if you had unlimited amount of money in the world, what would you do day to day? To day? What would fill up your schedule? And listen for her answers and then ask why. What about that excites you? What about that is appealing to you? 
Yeah, that's a great one. I love asking girls this question, too. If you could be anything in the world without failure, what would you be? Or when you were a little child, what did you always want to be when you grew up? They always have an interesting answer. And usually when people don't know what they ever want to do with their life, you go back to what you always wanted to do when you were a kid. Because most of the times, that's exactly what you were meant to do. That's what you want to do. That's what you truly want to do. So yeah, it might give you an interesting yeah. answer. And you know, she might go, well, I wanted to be a ballerina. And then she might go right away. What about you? And you could be like, well, I wanted to be a firefighter. But again, instead of getting into your own story about why you wanted to be a firefighter and astronaut go, yeah, I want to be a firefighter, but hold on. Why a ballerina? What about that excites you? What about that is interesting to you? And again, let her elaborate, let her go off the deep end, let her go off the rails, because again, those are conversations she's not having with most men. So now you're so interesting to her. And that's the funniest thing. I could talk 10% of the time in a conversation and I'll hear later on, wow, that was, you were the best conversationalist I ever went on a date with. You were the best person I ever talked to. And it's like, in my mind, I'm like, I didn't do anything. I didn't even talk. But again, that's why people see you as a good conversationalist if you're able to let them talk. You're able to let them spill their dreams, their fantasies, their secret passions with you. They'll look at you as an expert conversationalist and you're not even doing much. Mm -hmm. You always want to lead the conversation, fellas. This is very important. As a masculine man, and this is a masculine trait, you lead the conversation. She shouldn't be asking you 10 questions in a row and you're sitting there like answering each each one of them. Now she's interviewing you. Number one, you never want it to feel like a job interview, but she's answering. She's asking you questions in order to disqualify you. You have to lead the conversations. No, you bring up the topics. You ask her the fun, interesting um, questions. You lead the conversation and the interaction at all times. I've had this happen with men I've done consultations with. They tell me, oh, my God, she was beautiful. We would go out on a date. I thought everything was going well, but she would be the one that kept asking me the question. She would lead the conversation. I was like, dude, that's that's why you lost. She found no attraction in you. And at the end, what happened? She told the guy, you know, you look good on paper, but in person, you're just not it. I was like, if you don't want to talk about something as a man, you don't have to talk about it. Like if she brings up politics, you're like, nah, I don't want to talk about that. And you bring up another conversation. That's you leading as a man, fellas. You're not obligated to answer certain questions you don't want to answer. Okay. I would always rather be leading the conversation than have the woman lead the conversation. That's the position I would always want to be in. So make sure you are a good listener Shut up, know how to do this smoothly where it doesn't feel like a job interview as if this is scripted. We're telling you that women will give you certain answers that you can get hooks from. Oh, she wanted to be a dancer or a singer. What happened? Right? What can you sing? What kind of music do you like? You see the hooks I'm grabbing from that one answer? What kind of a, what kind of a dancer? Were you a Broadway dancer? Were you a, ever a figure skater? What, what did you like doing? Okay. Always lead the conversation, fellas. I had to throw that in there before I forget. That's very important.
Yeah. And I had this girl that I only saw a few times. Like it was just kind of a one night stand type of thing. But she invited me to this Christmas party she had because she was an assistant and she worked with some like high status chiropractor doctors. And I remember very vividly, she goes, Hey, Adam, will you come on? You know, we're allowed to bring a plus one. And she asked me to come on this date with her because she was literally said, most guys will get intimidated by these other guys. They're these doctors, these chiropractors. And she goes, I know that you'll be able to handle yourself. So she brought me on this date. So I got this all-inclusive date. We had great food, free drinks all night long because she knew that I could handle conversations and I could talk with anyone. That's when we go back to always be the fun social guy that can just talk about anything with anyone. And I went on this date with this girl and I didn't care what this girl was. We were, you know, across the table when we met at the date, she was the assistant or whatever, but I sat next to her head chiropractor and I just used these same techniques with him. I just, I played dumb. I was just like, Hey, okay. So you're a chiropractor, you know, just making small talk with this guy while dinner was coming out. I was like, so what's, you know, what's that like day to day? Right. And I let him kind of go with his autopilot answer. And then I started prying deeper because I was, again, I play dumb. I have no problem playing dumb. And I was just like, yeah, I know nothing about chiropractor stuff, but like I've been to a chiropractor here and there, but what got you into that? And this guy lit up, he, he lit up. And I remember this girl told me later in the night, we ended up, you know, going to the restaurant and then this guy invited me and her and a couple select others to go to these other bars with him where he picked up the tab and all that. Cause he wanted to hang out with us because I got this guy talking about something that he didn't get to talk about for 15 or 20 years. Cause he was just the head doctor guy. Cause I got to figure out what got you into that. And I remember him telling me he was young. He was like 15 years old. He really messed up his back playing football. And he thought he was never going to be able to walk again. Like people are telling me you're not going to be able to walk. And he went to a chiropractor and the guy changed his life. And from that moment on, from 15 years old, he is like, that's what I want to do. And so I got to that by using the same techniques about like, you know, what got you into that? What excites you about that? And he lit up and he told me, and I found out information about him, this girl that had worked with them for five or seven years, never knew all because I use these same techniques, not only on women, but on all people. And that gets your foot in the door with so many people. And another thing, no one gives a shit about your problems, fellas. If you're the type who's a Debbie Downer, you're negative, you're pessimistic around women, around people, no one's going to want to be around you, fellas. You want to be the light. You want to be the flame that attracts all the other people. You want to be the flame to the moth. That's what I'm trying to say. Always have bright, positive energy. A great book I want you guys to all read. It's called How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. It's a great book. You guys will learn how to become great listeners. What questions to ask people where you shut the fuck up and you let them talk. What was the main the main subject of this podcast, you shut up and you listen. Listen to what people have to say. They give you answers. You grab hooks from those answers. Ask them more questions based off of what they told you already. Make it creative, fellas. 
Yeah, I just and brought you have up that this. book. Yep, and of course, I, yeah, I brought this up right when he said it again. With Czar and I, the books that we love, it's funny that we both seem to love the same books and enjoy the same books. I have the same book right here. This is so good. I I have torn through this multiple times. Right, I got all my notes on that. Got highlighted pages everywhere throughout this book. And even on audiobook, listen to the I've listened to this book on audiobook four or five times as I'm driving around. I've read it probably two or three times, just actual, you know, just sitting there thumbing through the book. What a great way to lead you forward in life. A lot of this stuff will work with women, but in general, in life, how to win friends and influence people is so good. And it's so funny. This book was what from Gosh, it was years and years ago. I'm trying to see the. Yeah, copyright 1936 by Dale Carnegie. In this book, most people have heard of it, haven't actually read it. They haven't haven't taken these principles to heart and really sucked them in, soaked them in and really actually express them in general conversations. If you're in sales, uh, you better read this book. If you're not in sales, you better read this book. This book will help you in so many different avenues, how to win friends and influence people. What a great book to help you converse with people, with human beings around you. One of the greatest books ever written, fellas. Master it. Highlight. Take notes. Learn. Though the, the, the secret's in there. How to be a good listener, what questions to ask certain people, because he also states that they love talking about themselves. They love talking about themselves. And another thing I want you guys, I'm not going to go over it. I don't think we're going to have time to go over this game. It's a psychology game. I believe it's a Japanese psychology game. It's actually very accurate. I will ask women that I'm out on dates with. I will have not ask them. I'll play. I'll play this game with them. And it's based off of three questions. It's called the strawberry fields game. Google it. The Strawberry Fields game. You can Google it. It breaks it down for you and what questions to ask. And the answers that the woman give you, they have meanings to it. So you can play that interesting game with them. Women love games, especially if it's a psychology game. Don't tell them where you got it. You could just say, I read it in a Japanese psychology book. And the accuracy is pretty damn, pretty damn uh, on point from what they're saying. So. No, th this is a perfect example because there's a million things that I like the Myers-Briggs personality test. I bring those up on dates all the time. I love the Enneagram personality types, just like horoscopes. Women get very curious about that when I go, oh, you might be a, you might be an Enneagram four. You mm -hmm. might be an Enneagram six. And they're like, what do you mean? And then I can pry all the ways. But if you don't have a background in that, then, you know, maybe that's not something you bring up, but I'm actually curious about this is our, so what? What should I know about this Japanese game okay. that I don't so, know now? So I'll break it down. So you you ask a girl, right? You tell her, actually. I want you to visualize yourself walking, and you see a strawberry field. Now, around the strawberry field is a fence. How tall is the fence in feet? She has to give you a number. She's like, oh, well, you know, is it is it in feet? It's in feet, but you have to give me the number. How tall do you see the fence around the strawberry fields? She'll give you a number. Uh, I don't know, three feet. Okay, three feet. Now you're inside of the strawberry fields. How many strawberries do you take for yourself? 
and she'll tell you a number. Okay, uh, 50. Okay, you took 50 strawberries. Now you see the farmer come out and he saw you take those strawberries. How do you feel about the farmer? So what that breaks what that breaks down into, you can Google this, the strawberry fields game. It breaks it down for you. So the height of the fence that she picks, the higher the number, the easier she is in bed. Okay, the easier she is to get into bed. So if she picked 12 feet or something, that would be easier than three feet or something. Exactly. So okay. if they pick a low number, like three, you know, okay, they're not that easy to get into bed. Now, the amount of strawberries that they take, that's how many boyfriends they want. Okay. So if they say a high number, a lot of women will say four. It's it's interesting. A lot of women will say four. That was, you know, the average when I when I used to play this game. I'm going to bring it back again. Now, when they see the farmer come out, I ask them, how do you feel about the farmer after he saw you take his strawberries? You could save that for last could tell them you know what i'll tell you what that means later you don't have to tell them right so you tell them what the first two mean and then the third one you tell them you know what i'll tell you later what that means and they always want to know like no no tell me now tell me now so what the third one means is that's how they feel about the guy after they have sex with him right so they might feel bad they might feel guilty they might feel happy okay so it's it's a very interesting game guys but it's fun for the girl it's fun for the girl. And apparently this game is very accurate from what the Japanese psychologists say. Apparently that, you know, it's very accurate. That's really interesting. See, I even wrote a note on my own sheet here, Strawberry Fields, because now I want to look into that because I'm curious about that, right? Be a learner about everything. I learned something new there. I'm like, oh, that's, Izzy was talking about that because that's the same thing that my mind goes on, even if a girl knows horoscopes. And I know Zar doesn't reveal his birthday or whatever. I want to dig deeper and I go, okay, tell me about that. What does that mean about, like, I want to know. And that's the same as women. They're going to be curious. Just same with the Myers-Briggs personality types or the Enneagram, right? When I go, oh, I have this piece of information. I know, oh, I think you're an Enneagram six or like Zara. I think you're probably an Enneagram three or an eight. Or we haven't, yeah, we haven't done very, any of that. It's very simple too. Like the strawberry yeah. fields game is you can, anyone can memorize it. And be creative with it, right? During the conversation, you let them know, hey, listen, you know, let's play a game. Let's play a psychology game. Let's play the strawberry fields game. They're like, ooh, I love strawberries, whatever. Like, girls love fruit, right? And then you get into it. Okay, you break it down. They have to use their imagination once again, visualize how tall the fence is, how many strawberries they take, how they feel about the farmer after he sees them taking their strawberries. And then you break it down for them, what each one means. And they love it. The third one, you don't tell them, though. You say, you know what? I'll tell you later with like a wink face. But that's how you play the game. You make it interesting. Yeah. No other no other guy is doing these, whether it's cheesy or not. No girl has ever said it's cheesy. They all love it. They all love it. Yeah, no, that that because I'm intrigued because I'm sitting here going, because what I love to do when I'm at a bar or something, and this is just how my mind curiously works now, is I look at everyone in Enneagram numbers. It used to be Myers-Briggs. I thought that was the be-all, end-all. I was into Myers-Briggs for eight years. That's where you're an extrovert, introvert, intuitive or sensor, thinker or feeler. And then you're either uh, a, you know, judgment type or a prospecting type. I use that for many times. I'd be like, what do you, you know, what's your Myers-Briggs? Have you ever heard of that? And she's like, oh, I think I took that test before. I'm like, all right, that's all right. We'll figure it out. And again, how I'm doing is I'm leading the conversation. I go, okay, it's simple. There's four 
There's just four little categories you have to go. And then I'll ask her questions about being an extrovert or introvert. And I'll, you know, I ask her something, you know, hey, do you get energy from being around people? Or when you're out with a bunch of people, do you need to go home and recharge? And she'll be like, hmm, I have to think about that. And I'll be like, okay, tell me more about that. And I'll get her to elaborate. But again, see, I'm even talking 20%. She's talking 80% because I'm getting her to elaborate on things. And she's curious all the time because she's like getting a diagnosis or the Enneagram. I'll be asking certain questions that I know because I'm really interested in the Enneagram. And I'll get it narrowed down to one or two numbers. And I'll be like, oh, gosh, I think you're either a six or a nine. Be like, dang, you know, I got to figure this one out. And then later on, I can actually use that to be like, all right, we got to figure out your Enneagram type. I got, and I do, I have like 12 books of Enneagram that I constantly go through. It's like, and I'm genuinely curious. So if I want to grow up the end of the night, I'm like, dang, I got to figure out if you're a six or nine. She's like, yeah, what am I? What am I? I'm like, all right, we got to go through my Enneagram books. And that's a perfect excuse to then get her to go from the bar to my place. Cause it's like, man, I'm going to figure out your Enneagram type. And then she's curious too, just like horoscopes. She loves to figure that out. So that's a great type of lead in. And I understand that most people listening to this probably don't know because I'm shocked, honestly, that most people don't know about Enneagram or Myers-Briggs, but that's a great lead in then to be like, well, I got to figure this out more. I got to pry a little more. And then I get really curious about the girl and I ask her questions and she's answering. I'm like, huh, I still don't have it figured out. How about this? And I'll ask her another question. And the whole time, though, we're we're working towards a solution to where I can figure out her personality type. And in return, she gets to learn about her personality type. She gets to go, was this guy right or not? What am I? And everyone wants to figure out, you know, what they are. Everyone wants to figure out what they scored on this strawberry fields test. Like that, that's a great example of mentioning curiosity mystery as well. And again, you're still following that rule of the 80-20. You're getting her to reveal more. You're doing less, but you're leading the conversation. Yeah, perfect. I'm going to learn about the uh, the Enneagrams now. And yeah, how we'll it's see. done. Interesting. I like to learn about that, too. We'll see, Zar. We'll see, Zar, because yeah. I'm almost certain that you're an Enneagram 3 or an Enneagram 8. I would have to ask yeah. you more questions and all that, but that would be... That's what, in my mind, just from just from interacting with you, that that's what I kind of pin you down. And if you were something different, I'd be like, oh, interesting. And then I'd ask you more questions. I'd be like, and I'm genuinely curious. And now I'm learning about you and you're getting to talk about yourself. So all of these principles still stack on stack on stack to get you to be the interesting guy. Like so many girls, I've blown their mind with cold reads that I've had with the Enneagram types or Myers-Briggs that they've never had in other dates and they're learning something about themselves. So again, I'm standing out in a certain way, just like your strawberry fields. I had never heard of that before. I'm like, man, how did I, how did I go around the dating game for this long? And I never played the strawberry fields game. Now I'm curious about it. I want to learn more about that. And that's the same with women that will be on the dates with you. Yeah, they they love that kind of stuff, fellas. If you can figure out some type of game to play with women, it intrigues their curiosity. It intrigues their curiosity, especially when you do a cold read on them and you try to figure them out. And if you're right about it, whew, now they think you're a psychic, you're this, you're that, you're a magician. 
uh, they're going to fall in love with you, fellas. So learn these games. Learn how to cold read women. Use everything we taught you. It's going to take practice, but you'll get it. I know they'll get it. I believe in you guys. Yeah, and it's fun, man. This is and it's this fun. Is, You're supposed it's fun to have fun. Because this is stuff you can use anywhere you go. When I go on the golf course with random golfers, there was a time in my life where I get scared of like like I I I golf with a buddy now that he only golfs with me. He's scared to golf with random golfers. He doesn't want to go out on his own. And I remember that feeling. I remember kind of being like, Oh, I'm scared. I don't know how to make small talk and all that. But now I enjoy it. I love meeting new people because I have in my mind, I'm always wondering what personality type are they? Oh, are they an extrovert? Are they an introvert? Like all these things that run through my mind are fun for me to figure out now. So I enjoy meeting new people. And I hope that he gets to that point at, you know, at some point, but that's part of the fun of this. The better you get about this conversation tips and techniques, this works on everybody. This is something that you can use in everyday life at work, at the grocery store, on your dates, all of that stuff is going to be a lot of fun. Um, I got one last thing that I can think of for, you know, just for guys on dates. And then if you have anything else, are you, of course, can mention it. If not, uh, you know, you might be able to play off this. But one thing I think about, too, with women is is think of EE, emotional experience. Try to get a woman to relate emotionally to things that you ask her. So, for example, even if I ask a girl, you know, what do you do? What do you do for a living? What do you do for work? And she says something. She's an accountant. She's a teacher. All that. What I want to try to get to now, I'm trying to get to the crux of how does she emotionally experience this job that she's in day to day? What lights her up about that? So if she says she's a teacher, right? I was a teacher. So there's a million things I could relate with her. But I'm trying to get back to her emotional experience. Like she goes, yeah, I'm a teacher. I'm a third grade teacher. I love it. Okay, that's not enough for me. I want to figure out emotionally what hooks her into that. What is it that is so exciting about your job? And I, I want to get her feelings engaged. Why did you get into this? How did you know you wanted to be a teacher? What drew you to becoming in this profession. So I want to get back from the day to day. Oh, I love, you know, I just like helping kids. It's like, what about that excites you? What is it? Is it when you finally get them to learn something they didn't know? Is that that light bulb moment? Is that what you love? What is it about? Is it that she loves leading a class and just being able to bring people together? But I'm trying to get to that emotional experience that she has. I want her to take me through her mind. Even if it's a boring job, she's an assistant at the chiropractic office. So you do that day to day, but what is your favorite part of the day? What really gets you excited on your day-to-day monotony of answering phone calls and all that? What hooks you? What keeps you coming back? Hopefully it's besides just the paycheck, right? I want to get something that I can figure out about her that she emotionally engages in. And again, every conversation I have with women, I'm looking for that thing that I see her snap out of it and her her eyes get wide, her eyes light up and she goes, oh yeah, I love it when boom. And that's when I know that that's the thing I want to hammer home, home more about that until I really get a good feel about her character, about the things that she loves day to day. Yeah, that was beautifully said. 
beautifully said. I don't even think I can add to that because I I I do the same exact thing. You meet a teacher, you meet a nurse. What is it about nursing that you love? So I just met a nurse, beautiful, half Puerto Rican, half Italian woman. And she does she does the documents for nursing to 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 um she's the one that has to read the fine lines and know where to send these patients. Okay. And I and I told her, I was like, wow, so you must pay attention to details. And she's like, oh my God. She's like, finally. She's like, someone that understands. Right. And her her eyes just lit up and you can hear the excitement in her voice. And I completely understood that. I was like, yeah, it's your job to pay attention to the details because you play a very important role of where these patients should go. And I don't think a lot of people were giving her credit for that. So guys, pay attention to what women say. Listen, and you will stand out if you say the correct thing. It's similar to complimenting a girl with a compliment that everyone overlooks. But, but you see something in her that stands out and majority of other men, other people they tend to overlook. They don't mention it. If if you can find that right balance and be that guy that can see certain things other people can't when it comes to people, not just women, they will adore you for it. Yeah. I mean, what right there, that brings me to something with the Myers-Briggs personality type, right? The second letter is the intuitive or a sensor. Well, I know from statistically 80% of the world are sensors. That's detail-oriented. They're very good at the details. 20% of people are intuitive. They can connect unrelated ideas and piece them together. So when I figure out when I'm talking to a girl and she's, I'm, you know, mentioning something here and there, and she's piecing two unrelated topics together, I'm like, whoa, that was really cool how you connected those two things. Most people wouldn't be able to connect those. And all of a sudden her, her eyes light up because She's one in five in the world. You know, she's a 20% in that. So if I can acknowledge her for that little thing she did and right when she walked around the world and 80% of the 80% of the people are opposite to her, but I'm able to pinpoint that. No, that was really cool how you were to relate that unrelated subject to this unrelated subject. I'm like, that's really cool. She's like, oh, wow. Yeah, that is cool. I've always known that, but no one gave me credit for that type of thing. So the, those these little things work so well in tandem when you can kind of build on these little things. And then again, you come off as a guy that is more interesting than any other guy. And the whole key goes back to this. You talk 20% of the time. She talked 80%, but you are the best conversationalist that she has ever met just from these little things that you were able to point out and hone in on that most people didn't see. Mm -hmm. And remember, guys, follow us on Instagram at TextingPrince, at Zara of Dating. Also, check out our website. Mine is ZarDating.com, C-Z-A-R, Dating.com. I have several courses for you guys, as well as a workout program that you do not want to miss. I also have my own exclusive VIP membership on Discord. It's a group of like-minded individuals that are all trying to master the dating world. And Texting Prince? Yep, I got www.textingprince.com. Got, got a lot of free content up there, of course, to help you guys out. But again, I was a, I was a public school teacher. I love putting things together. I have mapped out programs, courses, 
step by step, just like I would think about with my second grade class. I know guys are here. They need to learn this. I can piece it together here. They're going to be ready for the next lesson and this next lesson here. Again, these are things that we've both thought out and really took time and energy to put together so that things that to you might seem overwhelming become simplified so that you can go on dates and have fun and enjoy the conversation like myself or Zara. Like, I love going on dates with girls. I don't get nervous anymore. I remember the days when I used to sit around and get so nervous. What if she asked me about this? What if she asked me about that? It's like, I've been through it all. And again, I teach that all just like Zara does so that when you get on that actual one-on-one interaction with a woman, you have a lot of fun on your dates rather than scrambling, worrying about, is she testing you? Oh, how do I do this? How do I do that? It's like, the more you learn about this, the more in the moment you can be with women because you understand what's coming next. You've already had this scripted out for you. So you know what to expect. So now you can enjoy these inner one-to-one interactions. You can be in the moment and, you know, peel back her onion like we're talking about here because you're not thinking about a million other things because these are things that you've already been through because you've been through the courses or the programs. Yeah. Most important thing is to have fun with it, fellas. Stop taking women so seriously. They're supposed to be fun. You're supposed to enjoy your time with them. I have a date this Saturday night with that nurse I mentioned. Beautiful nurse. We're going to have a good time, right? I'm going to try all these techniques on her. The Strawberry Fields game. If you could be any animal in the world, what would you be? If you could marry any other animal, what would it be? I'm going to cold read her. I'm going to use these techniques like I always do, fellas. And it works. So play the game. Yeah, it's so fun. Like I go on a date with a girl and I have a million things in my toolbox now that whatever she throws at me, I have a million other things that I can go off of with that because I've had this experience. But again, we're teaching you guys this stuff so that you have that same toolbox to pull Mm -hmm. from so you can have fun on those dates. Mm -hmm. Um, So as far as next episode, next episode, episode eight, we're going to talk about different ways a woman will disrespect you, different things that will come up that will show a woman's disrespecting you and how you can either put your foot down or see it coming so it doesn't come to you and surprise you about these little little things that are going to throw most men off their game, off their cool. But we're here for you guys. We got you. And how to handle it. Because as we know, behaviors either get better or they get worse. They never stay stagnant. So tune in. You're not going to want to miss that one. Because if you don't listen to what we tell you, you know what ultimately happens. She will cheat on you. So this podcast will be very important. Thank you guys for tuning in. Yep. Thank you guys. See you next week.